This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast. I'm Richard Porritt and I'm joined as ever by Steve Anglesey. Steve. Hello everyone. We are going to crown a Brexiteer of the Week. We Myself are. Myself and Jerry Scott are going to talk about uh, the importance of the Brexit Bill and exactly what it means. I think there's a lot of misinformation out there so we're going to, uh, we're going to get into, into some depth on that. Um, but first we're going to look at the news and it's a week that's been dominated by our friend in Washington. Well, yeah, but I'm. I'm. Well, what's he done? What's he done? Because I've just been. I've spent most of the week ordering like twenty thousand Make America Great hats again, which in a money-making scheme for Christmas, I'm going to be selling when he comes over for his state visit on the streets of London. So I've, I've missed. I've well, missed all I of think this. that's all going to be fine. There is actually a picture of me wearing one of those hats. Is there? Yeah, very fetching, um, aren't they? Yes, they are, and they're really expensive in the states. <laughs> that surprises me. They're like fifty dollars or something. <laughs> They're really expensive. Um, so not anyway, that I bought one. So any, I won't need to do this podcast anymore because I'm going to clear up. 50 quid each. Yeah. On the mall, handing them out. Yeah, yeah. As I've, Trump goes past in his well, gold coach. Put me down for one. Yeah. Um, except. Oh, hang on. I'm not sure it's going to be happening, Steve. Oh, don't <laughs> tell me this. <laughs> you, see, you see, earlier in the week, um, everyone's favourite world leader. Yes. Took to Twitter. Oh. I know. I, I'm not. I, why do you? Why do people take to Twitter? <laughs> it's the only thing you take to, isn't it? He took to Twitter. <laughs> oh, you can take to drink. Well, you can take. That's right. But yeah, he's yeah. teetotal. Or drugs. Um, he is teetotal. Twitter is his his drug. It would make more sense if he wasn't teetotal, wouldn't it? He took to Twitter. What did he say? Well, it wasn't so much what he said to start with. It was what he retweeted. Right. Okay. Um, this is flooding back to me now. 
Yes, because you have taken to drink this week, clearly, if you've bought 50,000 Make America Great hats to sell on the mall. Um, did you buy him off a Dalek? <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> so right. he's not coming, is he? Well, it doesn't look like it, does it? Um, I, I, he, he retweeted, a quick recap, he retweeted those lovely, cuddly fellows at Britain First who um, are basically right-wing <laughs> and Yes. And they showed some videos, one of which at least was fake news. Yes. Um, he likes a bit it of fake news. It was for some, some kids in Holland, wasn't it? Yeah. And and they all were anti-Islamic um, in nature, which is sort of what Britain first trading. Although they also put cute pictures of kittens up sometimes and ask people to share. <laughs> it's true. You've seen that. Is but it the one kitten of their... who looks like Hitler? <laughs> no, it's not. One of their social media strategies um, was to put up shareable content that wasn't necessarily political. Oh, right. Okay. So if you... I don't follow Britain First on Facebook, although maybe I should. You'll get, you know, (laughs) (laughs) everyone who isn't white and British is awful. Yeah. And, oh, look at this cute kitten falling off a table. Is your Friday going like this? Oh, my goodness. Um, And they have a huge social media reach, you know, into the millions, I believe. Well, bigger now, surely. Well, absolutely. But they, but when they have a protest, like six people turn up. But nonetheless, um, there has been talk in the House of Commons about making them a prescribed group. Yeah, they do despicable things like invading mosques. You know, they run into mosques. Yes, um, which is beyond despicable, frankly. And they're a nasty, awful organisation. But the President of the United States, the leader of the free world, Steve, has given them his seal of approval. Absolutely, has endorsed them. Now, Jada Franson, she seems nice, doesn't she? She's lovely. Waving a big crucifix in front of mosques. <laughs> I can't see that that's in any way inflammatory. It's like the worst blind date in history, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you turn up in all your finery. Oh, dear. There she is. They obviously are very pleased with... Yes. Uh, so they, they've said, Paul Golding, who's the... Um, who's the group's leader, has said that the posts were reaching hundreds of thousands more users. They've had hundreds of new membership applications. What the president has done here is frankly despicable. And if he'd have immediately, when it was pointed out to him who this group were, if if he'd have taken them down, there would have been some repair done there. But by not doing it, and then by attacking Theresa May... Or again, he took to Twitter to yeah. say, basically, keep your nose out of my business. Well, it, well, this is our business because this is a group that's in Britain, doing these things in Britain that he's endorsed. So it is our business. And to be honest, I thought Theresa May, through her spokesman, um, spoke quite strongly. And there was no backing away. And I think that the fact that other cabinet ministers, Liz Truss, Sajid Javid and others, also said this is despicable actually shows a little bit of strength from a very weak government. So I, I'm, I'm reasonably pleased with the reaction. However, they should have gone, the state visit is off. Yes. That's the end of that. But they can't do that, can they? Because Why not, Steve? Well, because they they are desperate for a trade deal with America and... And it's you know Donald Trump is a very he's a very emotional figure to to try and deal with, isn't he? So well, that brings me to uh, a Nobel Prize winning economist, Joseph Stiglitz, um, who claims that it would be a waste of time for the UK to seek a trade deal with the US under President Trump because because 
Um, he said it would be a waste of time to begin negotiations with him. If you look at what he's been putting forward as a negotiating position in the NAFTA discussions, you get a feeling of how much of a waste of time it would be. He's proposed that NAFTA be a five-year agreement. Business can't move forward with the confidence that it's going to be another agreement in another five years. It's absurd. I think, frankly, the, the, the thing with Trump is that you've got no idea what he's going to do next. No, exactly. How can business start to even plan... We've already got this great uncertainty. Oh, now we're going to be dealing with a country that changes its minds every two minutes, usually at 3am in the morning on social media. Yes, that's right. That's um, right. The fact that we have to and had to cozy up to him to begin with was distasteful on mm. a trade deal because we've got a perfectly good, very big, big trading block that we're still a part of that was working quite well. But I think now it would be hugely distasteful for us. Um, and I hope that Donald Trump never darkens these shores. Um, well, we've—I mean, we've—we've we've only just found out, haven't we, that he was actually planning to come over when I could have sold my hats. Yeah. In in January 2018, um, although he was uh, he was going to sort of make a quick hit and run trip to open the uh, to open the new the new American embassy in London uh, and not have the, uh, the 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 big pageantry. Well, there was but, some there was some. Concerns um, wasn't there in, in uh, after me went over and held his hand, yes. and kissed his ass. Yeah, um, well, we the, didn't the, see that bit, but <clears throat> um, figuratively speaking, okay. Well, maybe not. Well, I don't maybe know. You don't know. I, do mean, you? I don't know. But I bet Putin. Knows. It normally begins with holding hands, doesn't it? That's <laughs> normally the first stage. I remember <laughs> well, all those years ago. Yes. And then you move on, don't you? So whether I don't know what happened in the Oval Office, but <laughs> oh, um... Mrs. May, the moonlight shining <laughs> on your buttocks. Um, <laughs> but there was there was movement to make the visit less. Um, here's the Queen. <laughs> here's, yeah, here's the whole thing. I, I think now that long grass is will become very long grass, and will be. <laughs> but it's quite clear, isn't it, that if Donald Trump said, "Right, I am coming." And there's nothing you can do about it. We would have to roll out the the red carpet and the welcome wagon you know for what, that'd him. That'd be great, wouldn't it? If he just said, if he just yeah, rang up, I'm turning up, Teresa. I'll be, I'll, you know, I'm flying into Heathrow because we Absolutely are desperate flying. for him and his chlorinated chicken and whatever scraps he throws us off off his table, and uh, and yes, and um, so what should Theresa May do then, Steve? What, in your opinion, do you think that she, do, do you not agree with me that it was quite a strong statement to make? Well, I think it was a it was a welcome statement to yeah. make, and I thought Amber Rudd did well as, yes. as well as uh, as well as Liz Truss and and, uh, uh, and other people that you've you've mentioned. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just think it should be made known that there will be no state visit in the foreseeable future until that he apologises. But you know, as Amber Rudd said, it's a a tricky it's a tricky you know the special relationship and the uh, and the amount of stuff that we have um, invested in having good trade deals with America uh, probably preclude that. Well, there was, um, I, I but suppose... it just it it does show what a weak position we are in, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, if let, let's let's be honest, if the other side had been in. Um, and you've, you, you know, you've already seen uh, Sadiq Khan uh, talking about this in the strongest terms and saying he's not Donald Trump is not welcome in in London, which would be good, wouldn't it, if he just did a provincial <laughs> city tour instead? Huddersfield <laughs> could come to Norwich here. Yeah, um, yeah. that'd be nice. You're desperate to sell those hearts, aren't you? Um, I am. Yeah, <laughs> I've got. I've only got a small garage, and it's quite quite musty in there. So. They're, they're not going to last for long. Um, Doncaster, he could do. Maybe oh, yeah. he could do a tour of the Brexit lands. 
Skeggy. Yes, Skeggy. Bounding oh. along the beach like Mr. Skegness. <laughs> the evil clown. The evil clown, yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Um, but again, it is a, a sign of... It's a sign of weakness, isn't it? That we haven't just been able to go, do you know what, actually? Go and have a think about this again. Do you know have what, though? Come, you, come you... over when you want to apologise and be reasonable. If... George Bush had have done if Twitter had existed back then and George yeah. Bush had done similar um, would we have cancelled the state visit I would have thought, well I, I don't know no I mean he was Probably he was not. Blair's buddy wasn't he Probably not if Obama had have done, I mean this is very unimaginable yeah. but if if Obama, if Obama had got really <laughs> just gone on a sort of binge with Biden <laughs> massive coke and ease and booze binge and, and just and gone to Vegas and then started <laughs> tweeting at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, would would we have still? I think we. I think he'd probably have apologised the next day, wouldn't he? I'm oh, really but, sorry, guys. Well, you won't but... believe what I've just done. Um, <laughs> Biden stumbling around in the background. Yeah, with his dark glasses on. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, she can't tell him to, to 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 piss off, can she? Because she's she's not strong enough to do that. She and she's you know she's stuck with a chancellor that she doesn't want. She's desperately hanging on to Damien Green. Let's get on to Damien Green. Let's leave someone who's not very good um, on, on with technology. Yeah. Someone else who's accused of being not very good with technology. Um, because this morning we hear that... Um, we already knew the accusations that Damien Green and there's an um, internal investigation going on that he had quite a lot of uh, rudy images on yeah. his work computer. Um, now, Steve, it, it, you are my boss. Yes. Which is why I'm so nice to you. And can yes. I just say you're an excellent boss. Thank you. Really good boss. It's pro- true, though. Best boss, probably. If if it was if it became known to you, if the police told you yeah. that I had pictures of ru- Rudy pictures, you know... All over fru- your work laptop. Fruity, fruity stuff on the old work laptop. And the, and the um, office computer, I think. Yes. Um, what, what, let's live that out. How? No, you wouldn't be here. It would be. I, I would be probably be talking to myself now, wouldn't I? Or, hmm. or or Jerry and I would be doing it. And I think that would happen in in almost any other walk of yeah. life. So why it's not happened with Damien Green? Well, he denies the allegations completely. Yes, he does. Um, but but the the um, police officer gave uh, former police officer gave a uh, interview to the Today program saying that there was porn on his computer. Um, this is Neil Lewis, who examined the device during the 2008 inquiry into the government leaks. He'd not spoken publicly before, speaks now and says there was pornographic images on... Yes, quite a lot. Yes, a lot. All legal. Yes. But nonetheless, their ministers have to abide by certain codes. Yeah. Um, as hilariously was pointed out by Emily Thornbury. Yes, in, that was uh, very in, funny. Very funny. So it's his word against the police officers. Yes. There is a question about why the police officers suddenly mentioned it and didn't mention it at the time. Mm. But well, let's gloss over that. Um, and, and Damien Green denies completely that this is the case. I mean, I imagine that that computer was logged in and and open when he wasn't in front of it. Is there a possibility that someone else could have gone on and downloaded? Well, there's always there's always a possibility of that, isn't there? Would but seem like how... a stitch up, though, rather than a. Uh... Well, it would, yeah. So that's what we're saying, isn't it? Either either somebody in his close team has been using his his uh, his machine to do these things, or there's a giant tinfoil helmet conspiracy, maybe till 
Maybe tinfoil helmet was the wrong phrase to use there. Wow. But, um, Niche porn. Exactly. That is that is a, a real sub genre, isn't it? Or, or well, or we know what the what the alternative is, don't yeah, we? Yeah. So there's there's three likely outcomes. Probably. It's, only it's not two. like he had much else to do, though, is it? At, no. At work. No. What what's going to happen here is nothing. But his word against someone else's, it's going to be impossible to prove. Yes. This, almost 10 years removed from when the incident took place or incidents took place but there is a lot of evidence amounting against him and he is somewhat discredited yes I mean, so Theresa May probably should just shuffle him out of the cabinet yeah but he's he's a, he's a big mate isn't he ah. so that's not going to happen and so a little bit of strength shown with Trump yes but no not full strength no strength shown on this at all and mm. and yet another you know the the agenda. Every week brings new misery, doesn't it, for Theresa May? The budget sort of brought a, a couple of days of alleviated stuff for a couple of days, and then we were back into yeah. a, a terrible news cycle. And this will just go on and on and on. The smell of, you know, the smell of death, frankly, is just all over this government. And you know, and and, and when you look at it. They might not have to. They might not be, have to go until May of twenty twenty two. It just seems remarkable. It does rather. Um, so yeah, I mean Boris and Gove. She's she's weathered all of that, hasn't she? Oh. She's basically weathered two of her cabinet ministers going. We are running this government now, telling the Sun that they are in fact in yeah. charge of the government. It's extraordinary. They're, they're not claiming to be in charge of paying the EU all the money they said they were <clears> going to pay, <throat> no, are they? No. They're not really owning that one, are they? Not really. Um, um, well, so. Brexit-wise, I suppose. I mean, bad news for people who think we should stay in the EU, but um, but there has been some coming together between Brussels and, and London. It seems in the last few days, we do seem to be making some progress and. Perhaps we are going to get onto those trade talks. Um, yes, we are. Yeah, January. It is looking positive on that score. Yeah, I, I, and we're, as I understand it, we're just giving them a whistle, aren't we? Is that all we're all we're paying them? A gold whistle. So, yeah, that. That's it. Is that it? Yeah. It's not though, is it? It's funny because when I do that, when I'm driving, I get all you know. But then when we offer it to Brussels, I don't understand. Yes. Modern life is so difficult. It for is. Me. So we're going to give them between what? What did your mate say? Your source? Less than 50 big ones. More than 40 big ones. <laughs> this is how people in <laughs> people in the highest echelons of government talk. We're going to pay the EU more than 40 big ones, but less than 50 big ones. Yeah. I think it's probably going to be more like 50 big ones. Yeah, well, it seems to be more than 50 um, big ones, doesn't it? But as we'll get into with Jerry, you know, we've got to pay it. You know, well, we have. I mean, you know, there's no getting away from it. it we, it, it's, it's got to be paid. I think that, I think that's got to be welcome. That at least we're going to be grown up about it to some extent. Yeah. What worries me more, I have to say, is the Irish border. Yes. Because of the sensitivities and the impact on actual real human beings, rather than a series of zeros on computer screens. Yes. Now um, it seems like they're going to park this, doesn't it? And and or or, or certainly the suggestion from. Britain and I think some EU sources have said this as well is that we will go on to talking about the the trade deal we'll, and we'll agree to park this and get it sorted out during but the. It's a hugely um, complex, hugely complex. The, unless you listen to the Brexiteers or oh, yeah, Legato so Institute. Easy, yeah. Well, they said they could do it with drones too. and robots. 
Just ro- yeah, robots, BB-8. They can get some <laughs> of them from Argos. Yeah, yeah, some of those BB-8. There's loads at Christmas time, isn't there? Be, be ideal. I've got one at home. Yeah. I'm happy um, to match So that'll be him. fine, won't it? I think that I think that's sorted. Uh, Veradka did say that he thought it would be unlikely that Ireland would use its veto to stop trade talks happening. Yes, uh, on the border, which seems sensible. But then again, this morning we've had a report out from the, um, the committee, the committee for exiting the EU. Um, Hillary Benn. Is Hil- Hillary Benn is the chair, uh, which says that a return to border checks between Northern Ireland and the Republic appears inevitable. Well, it, it would. So it would seem. Yeah. I mean, it seems, it, it seems, it, you can't, you, well, I mean, we've, just, just doing Brexit made that inevitable, and it, this was made quite clear at the time, unlike all of these other things, so let's, let's go back to where we started, we weren't going to pay them a penny, no, we're paying them 50 billion pounds, or, uh, you know, over, over a period of years, but we're going to pay them 50 billion pounds, the, we were going to start trade talks straight away and it was yeah. going to be the row of the summer no we gave that up on the first morning yeah. of the talks the citizens rights thing that was all everyone was going to have to go home straight away no we're in a two year transition period yeah. in which absolutely nothing will change yeah. and and then um, and then the EU citizens were going to be used as a bargaining chip no what we're saying now is that they're going to get the right to stay they won't have to apply to stay they won't have to pay to stay and they can bring their families to stay what i will say on that is that we seem to be coming to a more sensible position than we were in to start with well we, well, we seem to be coming to the position that we all knew that we were going to be in in the first well, place uh, yeah and then we get boris johnson saying it's time to steer the ship off the rocks well who steered the ship onto the rocks in the first place it was you you f- chump <laughs> and your little pal god what a Anyway, <laughs> um, well, there we go. I, the border issue is the one that worries me the most. I have to say because I, I really yes. do think that the Good Friday Agreement is in jeopardy, and and the, pro, the one of the other problems, of course, the underlying problem with this is who's Theresa May in bed with, and I don't mean Philip. Yeah, who's Theresa May? What she's in bed with the crazed DUP? Exactly. Who have said they're not willing to? They're going to vote against yeah. this, aren't they? Yeah, but. If she gives them another billion quid, what do you think they'll say then? Oh, yeah, all right, yeah. That seems fine. Which I think is probably what is going to happen. Ah, what a shower of... Yes, it's incredible. Um, But at least there's clear thinking on Brexit from the Labour Party, isn't there? Oh dear, yes. Well, we were we were just patting Labour on the back the other week, weren't we? We do this, we flip-flop between good on you, Labour, to... Oh, God. Yes, and it seems that Diane Abbott sent a, um, a a letter out to her constituents who voted very heavily to remain in the EU. Yeah. Good on them, and she said that she would push for a a, vote, a second vote, an in-out vote. Yeah. yeah, it would be on the. I think the final deal would come into it, wouldn't it? Yes, yeah. of course, the final deal would come into it. Um, well, wow. Yeah, that's quite a major shift, isn't it? And then Keir Starmer said. Computer says no, basically, didn't he? <laughs> yes, Dharma says no. Yeah. Um, it, he yeah. is a bit computerish, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I like him. I like him a lot, and I think he might just be the one that pulls it out of the bag and saves us all in the end. But, God, I hope so. <clears throat> but um, he, he is, <laughs> as we will get to later on, a bit clever. And he does point out that by the time we get there, we will already be in a transitional period, yes. and it will be, in fact, too late to have an in-out vote. We'd have to reapply all over again. Yes, that's right. It's a good point. It is a it good does point. beg the question: Why weren't Labour on it 
instead of asking for Article 50 to be triggered hours after the <laughs> yes, bloody exactly. vote. Why didn't they? Yeah. My anger towards their um, first six or seven months with regards to this um, knows no bounds. But anyway... But it looks like... I mean, the Diane Abbott thing, regardless of what Keir Starmer said, it appears to be... I think a lot of the talk this week has been about Labour shifting yet again, hasn't there? And there's been some suggestion that Jeremy Corbyn has seen the light now and he's a, he sees the point of the EU, which is nice. We had John McDonnell... Well, Keir Starmer is still talking about staying in the customs union. John McDonnell is now talking about staying in a customs union and a single market. Right. And Barry Gardner... Is that a, is that a, a, a one-nation socialism? I think uh, it is, yeah. It's yeah, yeah. just with one with Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. um, and Barry Gardiner is... Now he's now an enthusiast for the customs union and the single market. And funnily enough, four months ago, he said that staying in the customs union and the single market would be a disaster, and it would leave the UK a vassal state. So I would say that Labour's stance on this is fluid. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Tories always say they've had thirteen, they've had fourteen, they've had fifteen different Brexit stances. And to be fair, I think they probably have. Yeah. Um, they they didn't nail it initially, and that is because Keir Starmer's got a vision, and the rest of the uh, top brass in Labour don't share it. So he's had to chip away to try and get the kind of stuff that he wants through through, and that chipping away continues. Yeah, and presumably that Labour can see polls or are seeing polls which show that even if people don't, even if people don't uh, yet want to. Uh, go back on what they voted and they want to remain after all. You know, the, the, every poll you see shows that the vast majority of people think this is being handled really badly mm. and Brexit is an issue that they can make hay on and actually ask questions about in PMQs. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. OK, well, thanks for that, Steve. I'll be speaking to Jerry next. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting Podcast One, or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. I'm joined by Jerry. Hello. And Jerry's going to explain to us the divorce bill because uh, maybe not you, listener, but a lot of people are confused about why we would have to pay this at all. Yeah. Um, so let's let's arm uh, our listeners with the facts so that they can argue with Brexiteers in the pub. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. What is it? There's, it's been it's been in the news a lot the last few days, hasn't it? And the basic premise of it is this is money that we've already agreed to pay. Um, so we owe it, really. We owe it. It's a, it is a bill. It's not just like, I'll have this money no. sweetener. No, 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 not at all. Not, it's not a backhander. <laughs> um, we agreed to pay it when we signed up to the club. Um, but it doesn't disappear. Um, Junker actually likened it, which I thought was quite good, to ordering a round of drinks and then walking off about paying your share. Junker did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a shock. <laughs> <laughs> a pub analogy. <laughs> Um, but anyway, so it's made up. There's this. Um, there's the Britain, there's Britain's share of the current EU budget, and basically these run in seven year cycles. And the current one runs to 2020. But yes, if we if we had stayed in, we would still have access to everything up until 2020 for the amount that we're going to be paying anyway. But 
yeah, so that bit is actually quite simple because Theresa May's already said that we're going to continue to pay into the budget after leaving and we are going to have access to the single market, she uh-huh. said, for that. Um, for the transitional period? Yeah, for the transitional period. And that's around €22 billion. Euros. OK. It's a lot of money. It is. But then the largest single item on this uh, on this invoice is the UK's share of unpaid EU bills, mm. which has the kind of ring to it of final demands and red letters on yeah, envelopes, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but that's worth a theoretical €39 billion. Euros. Not uh, quite sure at the moment. Theoretical bills. Yeah. Sound like scary things, don't they? <laughs> Theoretically, you owe us. <laughs> so all of these are like the projects that E's agreed to fund, yeah. but haven't paid for yet. Yeah. So, um, so there is some chance that the, it might cost a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like building a road, <clears throat> you know, that kind of that kind of thing, and yeah. paying the construction bill, it can all go up and down. Um, and then there are the pensions for E of officials, which cost up ten billion. Ooh. Nice pension that. Yeah. Um, and then other bits like loan guarantees to Greece and Ukraine, mm-hmm. money promised to Syrian refugees in Turkey, and mm-hmm. schemes aimed at stopping migration from Africa. So this is all stuff we've already agreed to do. Yeah. We so, can't get out of it. So, it, I mean, that pub analogy, as much as we <laughs> chuckled, it is absolutely true, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. You, you, can't, you can't leave mid, mid-evening <laughs> when the bill comes at the end, expect someone else to pick up no, your... No, of course you can't. Of course you can't. Um, but the great source of frustration for many people is that there's no concrete figure. Yeah, there are a few figures thrown around, haven't there? 44 billion, 50 billion, 90 billion. Yeah. There's this uh, think tank, this Brussels-based think tank, Bruegel, am I saying that right? Who say it ranges from 24 billion to uh, 65 billion. EU diplomats in the past have said up to like 60, 65. But Downing Street have dismissed this report, haven't they, that... Yes, it's I think that where we're, I think where, where we're at talking to talking to um, people off the record is that it is going to be there or thereabouts fifty billion. Yeah, and Brussels are reasonably happy yeah. with that. But you know, this solid figure is unlikely to be, I suppose, officially agreed until the eleventh hour, really. But but it might well do might well be enough to to move us forward and onto trade talks, which is yeah. what. Theresa May was after. Yeah, I mean, like you say, both sides seem pretty happy with this kind of almost smoke and mirrors arrangement and now. Um, what they want, what EU negotiators want, is for us to agree a methodology to calculate it. Yeah. Um, and like you say, hopefully that could that could uh, move us forward. So if if we did a Boris and we said to Brussels, you can go whistle for your for your money, would there be any implications on on us legally or? I mean, we just can't do that, can we? We owe this money. Bailiffs would be at the door. We'd have the TV away. Bailiffs <laughs> arriving in Dover. Yeah. <laughs> We'd have a TV out of every front room in the southern <laughs> south of England. Uh, it's, not, it's not an option, is it? I don't, no, I don't, I, well, I do know, but I'm playing devil's advocate. I mean, I think the main thing is, who'd want to trade with someone as distrustworthy as that? Yeah. But it would buy you a lot of things, you know, 50 billion. What would it get us? It, will, it would get us some gloves because it's freezing in here. Yeah, it's freezing. Um, 21 weeks of the annual NHS budget. Hmm. 89% of the total projected 56 billion cost of the planned HS2 rail link. 41 billion cost of renewing the UK's submarine fleet. Wow. Uh, three new runways at Heathrow. Three? I don't understand our runway can cost that much. Surely mm. it's just tarmac. It's tarmac, yeah. isn't it? Anyway, 
the starting salary. I like this is my favorite one. The start <laughs> the nineteen thousand nine hundred and seventy one starting salary for two point five million new police constables. Ooh. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> Every house would have his own PC. <laughs> uh, you could also. Um, pay the the weekly salary for Lionel Messi for 1,900 years. Oh, good, good, good. I'm not sure how much you would be to uh, <laughs> Huddersfield Town in 1,900 years. Or, indeed, you could uh, make that £350 million weekly payment to the NHS for 143 mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. Um, we've got to pay, obviously. Yeah. There is one way of getting out of paying for this bill. Go on. Staying in well, and making yeah. a contribution. There's a difference between a contribution and a bill, yes, isn't there? Yes, yes, there is. But, you know, people aren't happy about this. There was this YouGov poll in September and they found that um, 63% of voters surveyed thought that £20 billion was unacceptable. So £50 billion isn't going to go down well, is it? I think that there's going to be a lot of Brexiteer bleating. I think um, there will. Once this is made official. Um, but, you know, yeah, you made your bed. That's what you voted for. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back. I'm joined again by Steve and we're going to crown the Brexiteer of the Week. Steve. Another great week for Brexit idiocy, uh, it must be said, as we say every week. Um, I don't know about you, but when I turn on TalkSport on a Monday, well, I'm, I'm often on TalkSport on a Monday, which is a great listen, um, but when I talk, turn on TalkSport on a Monday morning, I, I'm not really expecting to hear analysis of the departure of the European Medicine Agency to Amsterdam and the European Banking Authority to Paris. But that is what happened when I turned it on uh, the other Monday and Alan Brazil was talking about it. Oh, Alan Brazil. And he brushed this off. He said, oh, well, if we get a good Brexit, uh, there there are going to be 5,000 jobs created for every (laughs) 1,000 job lost. (laughs) The best bit about this listener, and you can't see it, is you're actually doing a physical impression of of Alan Brazil Brazil as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, It's uncanny. So he said 5,000 jobs would be created after Brexit for every 1,000 jobs we lost. And to be fair, if you're not reassured by a man with the economic credentials of Alan Brazil, then who are you going to be assured by? He's played briefly in Switzerland, home of the bankers. Yes. And then, obviously, he scored 70 goals in 154 appearances for Ipswich. And he currently looks like Barney the Dinosaur's more purple big brother. People forget that he played for Man United as well. They do, yeah. Yeah, not Man United fans who watched him. He's terrible. (laughs) Anyway, Sammy Wilson. Sammy Wilson. He is the Democratic Unionist Party's Brexit spokesman. And he has been talking to Politico, to Annabelle Dixon. Oh, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Used to do your job. Yeah. Better, perhaps. (laughs) I don't know. But anyway... Politico's Annabelle Dixon. Sammy Wilson (laughs) spoke to Annabelle and he said that Keir Starmer... We had a go at Keir Starmer. Do you know what for? Brill cream use. Too too clever. Oh, yes. He said, Keir Starmer might be clever, but that's not what you need if you're going to try and mount an effective campaign. Sometimes you need somebody with less grasp of detail and less clever. I agree completely, Steve. That's why we invite you on every week. Exactly. Exactly. He also said Remainers are a bunch of bores. They're all a bunch of misery guts. So there you go. Sammy Wilson. Then our old friend Nigel Farage is Uh. among the runners-up too. He, obviously, is a nicotine-stained man-frog. And uh, once again, he's been caught, well, lying, frankly, hasn't he? Uh. He has uh, told listeners of his LBC programme about this 
terrible place in eastern Sweden called Oskarsham. Oh, the Oskars- mean streets of Oskarsham. Oskarshamn, that's called, I believe, in, in, uh, with my limited knowledge oh, of Swedish multilingual. towns. Multilingual. Uh, he said that people in Oskarsham are so scared of going out at night uh, that they uh, that they will have the option of being accompanied by armed police officers. Uh, it's actually people who want to go out jogging at night, and he was saying that because uh, of the, uh, you know, I think we I think we sort of know the, the the kind of people that Nigel Farage thinks that people in Oscar's harm uh, are scared of, uh, so they have to have armed police to take them out jogging. Now, sadly, <laughs> he said this, but no, he didn't really think that the bloke from the Oscars Harm Police would, would respond to this. And, uh, and of course, Inspector Peter Carlson uh, was told about this and pointed out that he started the jogging group not to protect the people of Oscars Harm from Muslim invaders, but just because it gets quite dark there and people are reluctant to go out uh, during the, the, the dark. So it, the sun rises at 8am, sets at 3 o'clock at this time of year in Oscars Harm, and he wants to promote exercise. Uh, he says there's no local crime really to speak of and that the police who go with the runners are only armed because it's the law in Sweden that if you go out in a police uniform, you have to be armed. Yeah. So a complete misreading of the facts from Nigel Farage. Who'd have thought of course. That? I mean, if, if I was to go out jogging in the dark yeah. with my Lycra leggings on... Yeah, looking like I, George Galloway on I, Big Brother... I would be worried that I might bump into Nigel Farage because <laughs> the moonlight might catch my pert derriere. Glistening buttocks, which we know he likes, doesn't he? He finds it amazing. Um, mm. Nigel Farage, I think, has also, this week, has also dealt a fatal blow to the leadership ambitions of the Mogster, hasn't he? Yes. Snoop Moggy Mog. Yes. Um, <laughs> he has predicted that the next Tory leader will be Jacob Rees-Mogg, mm-hmm. and obviously he is renowned for his terrible tipping, isn't he, Nigel Farage? Let's just go through the evidence again. Just before the last general election, he said there would be a UKIP surge, uh, share of the vote down by Mm 10.8%. He said that Theresa May would win a 65-seat majority, so she lost 13 seats and her overall majority. And obviously, on referendum night, he said that it looks like Remain is going to edge it. Uh, and everyone went to bed thinking, oh, thank God for that, and then we all woke up going, oh, my God. I'll never trust Farage again. Yes, we we did, yeah. yeah. He once told me that the 310 at Chepstow, he gave me a definite cert, it's a cert, he said. Yeah, and what happened? Oh, I won a packet of money. (laughs) So he was right. (laughs) It was a rare uh, foray for Farage into successful tipping. I mean, happily, on referendum night, when he said that, Obviously, the pound went up, didn't it? Because everyone went, oh, that's good news, we're staying in Europe. And then people who had sort of bet on this happening made quite a lot of money when the pound then then fell. They'd shorted the pound, hadn't they? But the Brexiteer of the week, the Brexiteers of the week, are Kate... Kate and Katie, aren't they? They sound like a, well, Stock Aitken and Waterman Act from the 80s. Well, exactly, and as we know from last week, Mike Stock is a keen Brexiteer. Maybe there's an opportunity here for... But anyone who manages to unite the two islands is okay by me. And Kate <laughs> Howie has done that because, as far as I can see, apart from the DUP, every other politician in Northern Ireland is laughing at her ridiculously Trump esque plan to make the Republic pay for a border of, frankly, Kate Howie's own making. Yeah. And, but everyone 
in the, this across this land is laughing at Katie Hopkins <laughs> uh, as she has proven even too extreme for Mail Online. And you know, we and we must revisit the the old Stuart Lee gag about Jimmy Carr and Jim Davidson. If, if you know, if Mail Online find you too extreme, it might be time to start thinking about new material. But so so Kate Hoey humiliated, Katie Hopkins humiliated, and I just wonder. The other week we were talking about. Boris and Go being a sort of buddy buddy mismatched cop duo, yes, weren't we? Yes. The lethal weapons. Yeah. And maybe we could do Bridesmaids of Brexit with <laughs> with Kristen Wiig playing dog whistling control freak Katie Hopkins and <laughs> Melissa McCarthy as wire haired screwball Kate Howie. <laughs> Always you, up for a boat ride. You well and well, a chocolate orange. Yes. Do you do you remember when um, Katie Hopkins had sex in a field? I do, yeah, 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 I do. I've tried to erase it from my memory <laughs> banks, but yeah. I'm yeah. just Googling it, it ama- now. It was quite amazing that they came, well, I was going to say came across Katie Hopkins, but that's the, oh. wrong, that's the wrong phrase to use, isn't it? But how did, it's amazing that those, that journalist and that photographer happened to catch her, isn't it's it? It's very odd. She she said, she admitted that she did have sex in a field, although there are pictures of it. Well, yeah. Um, and next to a gate, yeah. very odd. It wasn't Frankfield, was it? She, <laughs> the reluctant Brexiteer. Well, he is a blue sky thinker. He is. I did have sex in a field, there's no denying that. That's not getting away from it, but I would say that people aren't adventurous enough. Well, there you go. I'm never, ever going in a field again. So the Brexiteers of the week are... Kate Hoey, Kate, it's, you know, Kate, Kate H, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Kate Hoey and Kate Hopkins, Brexiteers of the Week. Congratulations, ladies. So we asked you to pen us some Brexit Christmas carols because it is December, which means that Christmas is looming. It's the season to be jolly. I think what everyone would really like for Christmas is... Subscription to the New European. Well, that would be excellent, and, and they if, are available online. And if you do that now, you will also get some Brexit Christmas cards. You will. You'll get twelve Christmas cards, six very good designs. What am I supposed to do with all those Christmas cards? I don't know. You send well. My mum will get one, and then save the rest for the next decade. Give one to the kids, one each. Yeah, that's about one it. For really. your wife. <laughs> that's that. Best wishes, Richard Porritt. So we asked you to Brexitise a Christmas carol, didn't yes. we? And you have got, um, you've got some there. Now, some people just went with straight sort of titles, didn't they? Or, which or is they, good. Which are, is, we, are we going to sing? Which is good. No, I, well, you can sing if you like. I, I might sing. So well, you start with us. Deck the halls with Brexit folly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Brendan O'Callaghan said that Brendan, well done. That's nice. In the bleak midwinter... Yeah. Does feel a bit like that in the library today. It's freezing. It's freezing in here. <laughs> um, and that was Della Annie Hughes. Yes, Claudia Apple. What a superb name. Claudia Apple. Brilliant. Claudia. Claudia Apple. It'll be lonely this Christmas. Yes. It will. It will be. Teresa Wilson, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Good, yeah. That's nice. Another great name. VV St. Cole. BV St. Cole, yeah. It's going to be a cold, cold Christmas without EU. Good. Matt Hood said the worst Noel. Good. He spelled worst wrong. He did. He should have put worst, like German Bratwurst, sausage. Bratwurst, yeah. yeah. 
And um, then James D was prolific. He had about four. Oh, all right. I like the first one. Ding dong muttering goodbye. <laughs> you can't not sing <laughs> that. Ding you can't dong try and muttering say, goodbye. Try and say it. You can't. You've got to sing you it. Um, we three kings of Orient are deported. deported. Very good. good. Jingle balls up. Good. It's not as good as the first two. No. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Britain first special. <laughs> That's good. And then we've got some people did did some lyrics. Among them was Patrick Weimer. He said, "Oh, little town of Brexit mayhem, how still we see thee lie." Very good. Uh, Darren Leithley, friend of the podcast. I saw three <laughs> come sailing in. Brackets. <laughs> choose your own Brexiteers. You can't just add the word <laughs> into these. Well, you can. Andy Sanderson picked the same one. He says, I saw three ships come sailing in, but having to go out (laughs) again because there was no single market. I'm not sure it didn't scan that well. Oh, no, nice there. uh, David Berman has gone for Misery and Wine by Cliff Edge Richard. (laughs) Yes, very good. You, and you're, you've got one from Barry Gilder. What did he say? Oh, this is brilliant. This is a version of Away in the Manger, isn't it? Away in the... Away. It's <laughs> just simple. Away Every time we the do shit. these, just add the word... That's all. To get a laugh from us. Some people did full lyrics. Uh, Russell Gilbert. God save you merry Brexiters. Look how we all dismay. In claiming back your sovereignty, you've thrown Europe away. Very clever. That's I nice, like that. Isn't it? And Graham, a day off work to do that. Graham Kirkham. God rot you miserable xenophobes, may all your schemes decay. Remember who deserves the blame, Fox, Johnson, Gove and May. Very good. That is excellent. I think there is a songwriting partnership there, Kirkham and Gilbert. Yep, Kirkham and Gilbert. This time next year you'll have a Christmas number one. They're going to the toppermost of the poppermost. Now, you've got some more, haven't you? Oh, James Teggin has done a huge version of the Twelve Lies of Brexmas, of which uh, this is the start. On the first day of Brexmas, my true love gave to me parliamentary sovereignty. Beautiful. Are you going to sing? And Stuart Whedon said, We three twits who are going to leave are May and Gove and Boris the Tsar. The Tsar? Boris the Tsar. And finally, Gary Johns, which I think is, I think this is my favourite one. Do you want to sing it or shall I? Should we sing it Should together? We sing it together. Yeah, all right. All right. <clears throat> One, two, three. Brexit bells, Brexit bells, Brexit all the way. Oh, what fun it is to throw your kids' futures away. Oh. <laughs> so if Mike Stock is listening, <laughs> that is our Pour bid it. for our Christmas single. Pour it and Anglesey. Uh, thank you to everybody who wrote in. Thank you for listening tremendous new european podcast you can follow us at the new european on twitter or you can follow me on twitter not don't follow me in real life um i am at sanglesey s-anglesey it's s-a-n-g-l-e-s-e-y or indeed you could follow me at porrit p-o-r-r-i-t-t uh and like the pod if you really like this podcast and so you should uh, you should remember to subscribe. Uh, you should review us favourably, hopefully, on iTunes. Uh, give us loads of stars. Do the same on Audio Boom. Come on, join the gang. That sounds a bit creepy, doesn't it? <laughs> that was the New European Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. It means a great deal to us. 
If you haven't already, it's time to go to the newsagents and buy the paper. It's £2 and it is crammed full of excellent content. There is politics, there is Brexit, there is news, but there's also culture. There's art, there's fashion, there's food. And here is Mr Campbell to play us out. Until next week. Someone says to me, can you lend me five big ones? Survivor.